Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion, Episode 5, Harvest. I I have to harvest some thoughts about this show, and I'll get to that in a second. And normally I would introduce the super producer, Jake Christie, but Jake is not here this evening because he is partaking in the experience of a lifetime, the movie experience of the summer, Barbenheimer. He's going to see Oppenheimer and Barbie with friend of the show, Michael Springthorpe. They will have coverage on that next week, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, while we're here, we do have some guests with us. First, friend of the show, Rod's just been sticking around. Like He, he, came, to the, he came to the house, and he just pulled up, and he's been here for the last few weeks. So we said, hey, man, just get, just get an air mattress, just hang out, <laughs> just chill. You right here. Rob Morrow, black guy oh, who man. tips. Rod, how you doing, bro? Good man, I appreciate you having me back. You know, it's it's good to go up, come over the house, and not get thrown out like Jazzy Jeff on uh, the Fresh Prince. <laughs> I'm not gonna hit you with the get the step in like Martin did. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not gonna do that. You ain't gotta go home, but you gotta get the hell out of here. This not happening. It's a bit, it's a lot of love in here today. Also, another another friend of the show is here. You know him from writing writing about the graps, the wrestling uh, on the ringer. Does a lot of other different things. Man's all over the place, grinding real hard. Cameron Hawkins. Cam, what's happening, bro? Now you see me and Rod both both have on our Barbie pink. So you know what we're gonna we're gonna go see first. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, nah, man, I'm, I'm doing wonderful. I'm, I'm busy, I'm blessed, um, can't complain. Awesome, awesome stuff. And and Cam, I'll start with you because normally when we bring somebody who hasn't been on during a series, we ask them the question, what have they thought of this series so far through four episodes before we get into five? Yeah. I enjoy it, man. I really do. Um, you know, the idea that, hey, this was going to be a movie and now it's like a show that they broke down to six episodes. I kind of prefer it as a show. Like, I like having that week gap to think about what's happening and try to process everything and immediately run to the YouTube. And, you know, the, the guys who are way smarter than me pick out all the bits and pieces and Easter eggs that I didn't see. Then I'll go <laughs> back and watch it. So now I'm enjoying it. Um, I, I don't think it's it's absolutely perfect. I think there are some things that need further explanation, but I think that there are a few characters they have in there that are really going to stick with me and hopefully keep resonating throughout this MCU. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Like when you, when you talk about characters, who in particular has stood out to you? I'm always bad with names, but British intelligence lady is my favorite oh, thing. Sonia. Ever. Yes. She's my favorite thing ever. Um, being that ruthless with, with a smile, there's something about being concrete with a grin that I just really appreciate. Um, you know, Gravik, we're always looking to humanize villains. Let, let's, let's make our villains a little more alien. Let's not agree with everything they do. Let's not <laughs> always give it the benefit of the doubt. Like he is kind of on the other side of the coin of like a Killmonger where everybody was a Killmonger was right. It's like, nah, Gravik's wild, right? He's wild and we can accept that. So th- those two have been fun. Um, Talos, I enjoy. Um, if for no other reason, then you do need blind faith. They'll be better because we'll be better people. Forgetting, you know, the whole history of the human race. So there's there's stuff in there that I really do appreciate. Oh, no, interesting stuff there. So, okay. Episode five, Harvest, whole lot of harvesting. I kind of want to start here. And Rod, the... We've been waiting for kind of a reveal of the main plot. A lot of our discussions over the last few weeks have been, what's the story with Fury for real? 
Like, Mm -hmm. why has he been up there that long? And why does it feel like we're not getting enough of the why this is so important? Because it feels like we've been doing a lot of different things. We've been running around. There's been terrorist strikes and fake outs here. Scroll roadie, all this different stuff. And it hadn't felt like it amounted to anything substantial. But now we get this reveal that during the Battle of Earth in Avengers Endgame, where uh, apparently a bunch of Avengers left a bunch of blood on the uh, blood on the on the Earth and and stuff like that, Fury sent a bunch of scrolls, including Gravik, to pick up the blood, mm-hmm. and basically we got Avengers jungle juice in a vial, <laughs> and on top of that. I'm looking at Fury very sideways right now. I'm looking at him like he's the ops. Mm. Dare I say Fury with a little Eric Adams in him? What kind of shit is this? Uh, I'm very upset. I that uh, this part got me very annoyed. I'm not very officer. annoyed. Not not invoking uh, the name I, of Officer Mayor Eric Adams <laughs> on the show. <laughs> oh no. I, I I just like why would you do why would you do that? It's a, just yeah. such a terrible decision on Fury's part. I don't get it. Rod, please try and take me okay. down off of this bit of frustration right. I that I feel you, at the so moment. So for me, I'm not joining you on the ledge. I, don't, I think you can get off the ledge <laughs> on this one. Um, I do think I my I said this last week, and it looks like maybe it's getting a little closer to this, but I kind of wish they leaned more into like ruthless government man nick fury like i kind of like uh the amanda waller version of nick fury because this is some mm-hmm. amanda waller stuff like this is the kind of yes this is what you do when you like ain't no friends okay i'm here to protect the earth not to protect the avengers and if that means backstabbing y'all then that's what it means and i thought they missed an opportunity or maybe it was changed or something but when asked why he wasn't involved in the avengers i really wish he would have said Cause I stole their DNA and I, they might feel a way. Nice. So I'm gonna have to fight this one on my own because you know, I don't need like nobody rolling up on me knowing I've been clocking them the whole time. So like, I, I wish they had actually leaned into it more and being a little bit more like, you know, I'm here to protect the earth. I'm not worried about that. Um, but it does, it does satisfy a bit what we said, uh, last week. Yeah. Why? Like, like so much of this up until this point was like, I don't believe Nick Fury came down from, from space being completely washed and was like, throw me in the mix with, with no real like personal connection (laughs) on this. So yeah, I actually did buy the explanation. I I low key wish we had got it earlier because I don't feel like it's the kind of reveal where, uh, where is it? Not something to hold on to. Exactly. It doesn't feel more like a twist. It feels like a motivation. And if they would have said that in episode one, I would have, I would have actually, it would have made graphic better to me, and it would have made Nick Fury's motivation better to me. But uh, yeah, it did. The, the twist didn't kill me. I just think they should have like nailed the landing, man. Make them look evil for a second. I think. I think before I get to Cam, I think the interesting thing about it is it's it's for it's usable i think the what you mentioned about like an amanda waller type uh, i think of the justice league animated series and the fact that they had the ultimatum and then they brought in the then they then they had a uh, lex luther bizarro that whole the that whole mm-hmm. thing that happened oh with brainiac i should say yeah. um in the first season of justice league unlimited 
So something like that is like that's that's intriguing. Yeah. Fury and being think, involved that type of way. Yeah, I think we have history in this MCU of like Nick Fury kind of playing that role sometimes. Like, remember when uh, uh, the first Avengers, when like Steve Rogers finds out everything Shield and the government's into. And you have that moment of mm-hmm. like, is he even gonna fight for the Avengers at the end of this? Because he's right. pissed, you know. And I, I think this could have been a throwback to that, but uh, maybe they didn't want to completely like make us turn against Fury or something. But I kind of, I wouldn't have turned against him, and I would have liked the edge of that choice of like, yeah, I did something diabolical, but this is my heroism. I think I saved the world. Right. So Cam, if just looking at it from this perspective. As far as the reveal and the timing of it, does it change anything for you? Because personally, to me, like I feel like if something like this had happened in episode two, then it immediately adds the stakes for everything. Talos's death doesn't come off as hollow as it did last mm-hmm. week. A lot of stuff would, to me at least, would have felt different. How do you feel about the way that this happened to come out? So outside of probably... Madden, the game I put the most time into ever was Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I didn't play that thing. Salute I still to you, play sir. that game. And so Classic. you, know, you mm-hmm. get to Act 3 and you find out Fury had a plan to take down Odin the whole time that was just sitting there that he never really you know, brought to fruition. And that's what starts to change how the team feels towards him, especially when leading to the end of the game. Having a sword that you find to kill Odin, big reveal, right? Finding out that, hey, you might have scooped up some DNA and you kind of had it on ice. And yeah, this is something that I wish we would have known early on because it did not have like super impact. It was like, all right, this is something that the government would do. This is contingency plan. Like, Mm -hmm. I get it. Um, Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Also, somewhere in the mix, they said they had uh, Captain Marvel's DNA, too, right? Yes. Carol Carol Danvers is mixed up in there, too. So, I mean, that makes it bigger. But I think you find a way, if you split those two things into two separate events, maybe that hits a bit harder. But, yeah, it it wasn't like a a super twisty reveal. I'm way more worried about characters and their motivations than all of a sudden having a super duper scroll. But... I will say this, it it does make sense why you wouldn't want to include the Avengers in that because, you know, one more thing you didn't tell us about Mm -hmm. what you've been doing off rip if you're going to need us down the road. So I get him keeping it secret, but yeah, it wasn't like, it wasn't the damning thing for Nick Fury. Like, I still feel way worse about him telling these green people, I got you, and him not having. Like, that's Mm -hmm. still worse. You know, Maria Hill caught in the crossfire, still worse. You kind of maybe loving your wife, still worse, you know. Like, 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 I'm, I'm more when, when the story you're telling me is supposed yeah. to be a bit more grounded, even when it's dealing with with aliens and the government. This is not the thing that all of a sudden, oh my god, I can't believe this. Yeah, it didn't hit like that. interesting stuff there. All right, so a lot of this episode involves kind of Fury picking himself up and really getting to it more so than at any point in the series so far. There is a lot of uh, him trying to finagle his way out of the Ritson situation. So we got the scroll roadie thing right at the right off the rip at the, of this episode. Rod, I'll ask you this this question. So uh, scroll roadie, so so sassy, 
Just so, mm-hmm. just very, very sad. Love Don Cheadle's action, acting choices here. <laughs> it's just tremendous stuff. Tremendous performance. What did you think of that exchange right at the right at the beginning? Because it's continued to be right off of this, just the, this almost like irrational confidence that Skrull Rhodey has in, yeah. in this instance. Well, how did you feel about that scene? Because that was a lot of fun to start the episode. Well, once again, like I said, uh, <clears throat> the things that got me through this series has really been the black acting. Uh, just, I'm a fan. And anytime they get a chance to get like uh, Rhodey and and and, and uh, Fury together, we get like, I feel like both actors are just trying to, to like top each other. I mean, with Sam Jackson sounding like Joel's for a second, it was like, I dare you. I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is so good. Um, Like, it's I love so I love that scene. It's a bit, you know, obviously, like comic book contrived in that, like, in real life, I feel like you just probably shoot Rhodey, you know, do like do like uh, Olivia Coleman's character, shoot him in the arm, show everybody's a scroll and then just just dip. But, um, you know, they for purposes, you know, they needed both characters to make it out of the scene. So, like, it felt a little contrived. And I I do wish we had um, more background on just how deep the scroll infiltration was, because I think it would have been dope if it's revealed that those secret agents are like scrolls or something like the ones that pulled yeah. their guns on Sam Jackson. Because I think the scariest thing about the, the scrolls and I think the show hasn't used this enough is the idea they could be in everything, everywhere, all the time, and you just don't know. And I think uh, the same way I felt about them blowing up that helicopter, I was like, there's going to be little scroll bits everywhere. But wh- how wouldn't it be scarier if there was like a group of people we thought were just like regular humans who are are actively covering up scroll stuff all the time? It's like, whoa, what do we... So I kind of wish there had been a little bit deeper, like, Oh, Ro- there's not just Rhodey, but there's other scrolls here, and he and and all of this is uh, like influenced by the scrolls. But uh, but still, I, I just I enjoyed the scene just because I enjoyed those two actors. Of course, uh, of course, uh, Cam. So I got a question for you. So we kind of posed this over the last couple of weeks regarding the the whole entire scroll, and I posed this last week specifically. We haven't seen the scroll council. Gravik is kind of like operating on his own at this point and I'll get to him in a second overall. But in this case, we haven't seen the council. We, to Rod's point, it would be interesting if we would see a little bit more of the depth of what this invasion is. How has that come across to you during this series? Um, Like overall, like them showing a round table, you know, them, having a piece of a bunch of government agencies, them having a big piece of Fox News. It's like, okay, yeah, like this is this is scary, but like real world scary. They probably really scrolls in real life. Um, <laughs> and really quick, I just want to say, Don Cheadle is clearly playing the guy he played in the Showtime series where he's the advertising boss. That's yes. who he's playing. Oh, House and of that, Lies. That yes, yes, the first yes. episode of that gets me every time. But yeah, um, it's it's scary in the sense of People like us, like who watch this stuff and review it and want more information about it, we're going to think about it on both the micro and macro level in that they could be anybody, but also they could be everybody. But yeah, I'd love to see like a bus driver randomly being a scroll dude, somebody's principal randomly being a scroll, like I, all the police being scrolls. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. All of them. All of them. All of them. Mm. But like no firemen, they're okay. But yeah, <laughs> not like frightening in in a sense of okay 
what's the coolest scene? The coolest scene is when Talos and Gravik are having tea or having, you know, whatever they're having. And then everybody in the room is a scroll. That's yeah. the coolest thing they've done, right? You would like to see more of that. I think the way that they're focusing on the characters, they can't give us too much of that, I guess. But right. yeah, I think you could cut to more clips and scenes of them just being dudes or them yeah. just being girls. Places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think, well, I yeah, think like, also, yeah. just real quick, I think also mm-hmm. like it would make them seem like even bigger threats with, with their machinations. If like, so like if, the president goes to the hospital and it's revealed like the nurses are scroll. They could have killed him the whole time. They, but you know, like that, but they were thinking so far ahead that they, they had the nurse there or something. I think that's at least in the comic books and stuff to me, that's what scares me about the scrolls. Uh, and one of the reasons I'm like, yo, they, they're like legit, like one of the biggest threats to the world, but also, um, one of the like coolest threats, but I think it's hard for the, you know, you only get six episodes, it's probably hard to like, go that deep into the lore but i i that's to me that would be the fun of writing or filming a show like this it's hard for this to exist in a world where we saw those three amazing seasons of daredevil where the kingpin was into everything and they showed you step by step by step everything he was in how deep he was thinking about it linking up with people in the park to take pictures of their kids and you know like yeah it's it's right. it's tough being a, a, a series with limited run right um to not <laughs> see it run that <laughs> more yeah. money yeah it was a 272 million dollars into the series incredible it's Ooh. like geez Ooh. my goodness gracious um i i would say personally as far as the writer's room is concerned, I feel like they definitely could have added like a little bit more spice to this yeah. overall. Cause that's how, how I'm feeling overall about this series, even after an episode like this, where it's like, okay, you finally got some movement and you got some things going. I feel like there was, there was a, a level of this that could have been more now, Cam, you make the point as far as like the limited space and, and it being a limited series, this is kind of something that was posited at the beginning of the series overall because we wondered. Yeah. Something like this, where in the comic books, it was more of a, hey, heroes versus scrolls. All of the superheroes versus the scrolls, super scrolls. You had the tie-in books. Um, I even remember the when they attacked Wakanda and Black mm-hmm. Panther and Storm went up against them. That was a great, great story. Mm-hmm there's just a lot and how black panther and storm outsmarted them at the end it was just like really 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 good and really well done this is so much harder and and in some ways i do get what they were trying to do and focus on the political aspect of 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 everything and try and make this a more of a paranoia type of thriller Mm -hmm. i think the only thing that happens is when you try to do that you have to have the the way that captain america winter soldier went with hydra it's like the way that they did that was special. It was it like it changed. I think it changed the way that we defined MCU movies because we didn't know that they could do that. Yeah. So I think overall from a TV standpoint, the MCU has not figured that out to the umph degree yet. I think they've had some very good points. I think WandaVision and Loki are really good pillars of what you can build on when you allow free reign and allow it to be open about the mm-hmm. type of stories that you can tell. But I think the other ones have kind of been in a box 
so to speak, because you have the six episode limit in a lot of them. So by the time you get to episode three, you kind of got to start telling the story. And if you're holding back plot at that point, it's kind of difficult to really find footing. So I think that's where it's been so tough to kind of find find an overall feel and feel like you're connected to these characters and connected to the story. I feel so like, uh, I, 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 yeah. that, I feel like that point about it being turned from a movie to a series is uh, that makes a, that, that, that does really uh, show you how uh, like having this twist in act in, in the fifth episode is basically having this twist in like act three of, of mm-hmm. whatever a movie script was. So like, it does make sense. Like if it was a movie and we found this out near the end and we're like, Oh, this is the real secret he's been hiding. We would have only been like, uh, invested in like an hour and 10 minutes to an hour and a half at that point. So like that reveal would be like a gut punch of like, Oh, but I guess when you're trying to map out six episodes of a series, it, it maybe it hits a little different, um, as a reveal. Cause it's just like, well, it's not like a movie where I'm like, oh, okay, we got 30 minutes to wrap this up. I see what this what his motivation was. I've been waiting four weeks. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a little different. Yes. I'll, I'll even give you an example, Rod, and something that I did want to talk with you guys at the end of this, and we'll talk a little bit more in depth about it because we've all been kind of taking a look at it. So was watching Justified City Primeval mm. um, earlier uh, before this before this call, and so I'm watching episode two and they get right to it with the villain. So like we have we have our good guy and our bad guy at the end of episode two, clearly defined. No, we ain't got to wait till the halfway point of the season for them to meet. We already mm-hmm. we're already meeting. We're already establishing and dictating the terms of what this is going to look like. And that's how good TV is right. done. So I think the MCU got to figure they have to figure that portion of it out. And whether mm-hmm. it's turning it into more episodes or just generally how they're writing it, because at least initially at the start, everything that we've heard about MCU shows has been this. Well, they're kind of like six-hour movies. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with TV. It's just very mm-hmm. difficult to get across a concrete story when you're trying to do something that's not formatted properly for television. And this is kind of an example of where this show has it has not hit, to me at least, hit its stride overall so that's where that point kind of lands now cam i'll ask you your opinion on this because just from a tv like from from a movie watching versus tv watching perspective how have you felt about the mcu shows overall and how that's kind of how that's kind of worked not worked and stuff like that and is it is there something is there a way for them to kind of fix this i think loki like needed to exist in the way that it existed Mm -hmm. um you're, you're, you're time traveling different dimensions and you're you're fleshing out somebody we've seen a whole lot, but you're telling a different story with them. Um, WandaVision had so much of what the hell is going on. It had so much of that that it really it worked for me. With this, like, I try to imagine if it's six episodes, would this have worked if it was Secret Invasion Part 1 and Secret Invasion Part 2? Don't know if it flowed like that. Because it mm-hmm. did not have that big thing in the middle, like finding out in the middle that Nick Fury was married to a scroll, and then going to credits, and then they will return in twenty twenty four. That wouldn't have worked, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, again, it's been good for me because 
it, it's it's cog in the machine. I want to see how the whole thing goes. I'm invested in the characters. I get to see good acting. Um, and, yes. and that's been really fun because there's been like unique characters. I, I think with this, <clears throat> if I had a choice, if this was either a movie or a show, I think it functions better as a show because I don't know if there's enough going on here to where a movie would have worked. And I've accepted like, I need this to fit into other things. But there are like, Amelia Clark was biggest actress on the planet at one point, maybe. Like depending right. on like like how there, yeah. in media she's up there right she's on she's definitely the 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 lead actress on the biggest show on the planet right um and you know she's been good but I think she's been defined down like by what yes. they've had her do um she's Absolutely. the sixth most important person in the show maybe like like mm. as far as you know consequences and screen time and maybe they give her a whole bunch I don't know um it's coming to an abrupt ending either way. Right, like this, they gotta figure out how to make the seventh episode twenty minutes of the Marvels. Like that has to happen. Like to me, for everything to to kind of work and fit into place. Like to me, again, it's been solid. I enjoy it, but to say that this has been an example of what the MCU does right with TV, I don't think so. Like Hmm. I like Hawkeye because I want to see some fights. I like WandaVision again. There's the mystery to it. Like with this. Winter Soldier, um, one, it's my favorite Marvel movie, but I think that outside of it being my favorite, I think it's one of the few movies of the comic genre that stands alone, that if you literally replace the names and the colors of everything, it still functions as a very, very good movie. Um, This, to me, is not like espionage that would be great if they weren't aliens. So I think they do got to figure that out. How do we make these things work if we had to strip away the characters? And not strip away like how we're finally getting Wolverine in a costume strip away. I mean, <laughs> it's function on its own, but with us still respecting the, the source of what we're making. Mm. Yeah, that's no, that's that's really great, great stuff there. I want to I want to talk about graphic because what ten what happened in this episode was interesting and it's almost kind of been building to this i think one of the things jake said earlier in the series was like so gravic talks a big game as far as we're doing this for our people and taking over for our people but you realize in this episode it comes out that it's just a it's just a vendetta it's a vendetta against fury and it's very very personal to him and he just comes off very unhinged. He takes off. He takes out his his right hand man. Takes him out. The rest of the scrolls kind of see this and are like, "Oh, wait a minute. This ain't this ain't what we signed up for." And they try and put the beats on him. And he took them boys out. <laughs> that moment where he turns into a scroll, <laughs> he he's, he gets all primal with it. Was pretty gnarly. I that, that that was that was one of the high points, one of the high points of the series for me because that's kind of what you want to see when you got a super scroll. See them just beat the shit out of people. That's mm-hmm. like really what that's really what you can ask for there. Rod, what did you think about Gravik's mentality oh, and how this has kind of evolved to this point? So I've been waiting on this because I you know I told y'all last week like uh, Gravik was kind of like uh, almost like a. a, a a big bad that's that's so stoic 
and he wasn't really they never gave him like his his like villain speech you know like his his turn to like flex on everybody like i love that kind of stuff that's to me that's what made killmonger a great villain that's uh, that's what makes Thanos a great villain, you know, is that those moments where he's saying stuff and you're just like bars, bars, bars. And I feel like Gravik for the most part is, uh, you know, put a lot of sugar in my tea, sit back and stare at you, you know, get stabbed in the hand. I can heal. Like, I want I want him to like, you know, yoke somebody up. So um, that was one thing they, they gave us that I love. The second thing about this is something else I pointed out, which was we don't see a lot of inner turmoil amongst the scrolls. It was basically like Talos versus gravic and everybody and i was like yeah. it's got to be some scrolls that's like not with this because i mean if we can see his plan is full of rage vendetta it's not very well thought out i mean if you can be anybody and there's a million of you you could have made you could have infiltrated a government and made yourself a place of like yeah we letting the scrolls live here you know what i mean <laughs> like we like you yeah. could have done that if you wanted to so you do want to kill some people and you do want a war and there's a reason for that so let's get to it um so i did love that also the way he's been just like sacrificing his people left and right because these plans like the submarine plan essentially was going to kill those three scrolls right like there's no way they were getting out of launching a nuclear weapon and just be like all right well back to the base like yeah that was gonna something was gonna happen the same thing when they hopped off the helicopter and started bucking at the president in open daylight people are dying for your beliefs so I need you to be a little more concrete with what exactly we're doing here. And maybe people will have misgivings. And so it was dope to see the inner workings of the scrolls um, coming to a head, you know, especially with Gaia being out because Gaia was undercover the whole time. So she never truly got to confront him with like, here's my ideology versus yours. We got more of that between her and her dad than we got between her and Gravik. So because like that was the other thing when she went to explain, he shot her. Like remember the end of that episode? Yeah, like, well, a chance to get a bar like, how you gonna be a leader if you pile? Like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess we won't be having that one. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I love the stuff they did with Gravik, and mostly it just proved that Groot's been using his powers all wrong. Uh, you might want to take a lesson, mm. buddy. Mm. That's a, that's <laughs> an interesting point there. But but Cam, you you see Gravik getting busy with it in this episode. Well, what what are your thoughts? I know I'm, I figured this is something you want to see. So. Gravik, I, I don't think that they did enough explaining how much Gravik loved and adored Nick Fury. Mm. I agree. He chose to be a black man from England. Mm. So, like, Nick Fury says, okay, Gravik, you're going to be with the group I need over here in England. You got your English accent. You're going to grow up here. He mm. chose to be Nick Fury's kid. That was a conscious choice of his. You know, so that shows, you know, Gravik, who they present early on as, you know, orphaned and lost in the world and, and you know, a, a child of war. And, you know, with all that, he put his faith in Fury. He really did um, to the point where he's still carrying Nick Fury's face, like, you know, as, as close as you can with characters who aren't actually related. And so, you know, you understand looking at it from that perspective, um, he can change his face at any point. For the council, he can be whoever he wants to be, and they will know that that is who he is. But this is what he chooses to carry. And, like, Nick can just be wilding sometimes. It can just be that. Like, yes, he's just wild. And the best thing about it, like, that they should have went further, Beto is a good character, 
he could have been a great character in that yes. when he questioned Gravik and Gravik's second was like, nah, we, we really not doing none of that. We mm-hmm. needed to see somebody who was like, yeah, he wilding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because for them all to come together at the same time and want to whoop him, like I, I think I love when, like, referring to Game of Thrones, I love when they got 13 people with plans and we're going to knock them off and get them and they show up and then the plan don't work. Then you're like, oh, man, y'all did all that just to get served. It kind of looked like everybody caught on to what was going on with Gravik at the same time. That's how you get whooped. They didn't go in there with no plan. They all tried to whoop him. So it would have been nice, like, to flesh out a little bit more of, like, you know, Beto understanding, like, this is what it has to be. I'm disillusioned. But then, you know, his questions eventually be, like, held by somebody else because they all jumped. And clearly, Gravik was ready for him to jump because he knows he's a crazy person. Yes. And put the beats on them boys. <laughs> like, like when as somebody who is especially, you know, human, English, terrible taper Gravik, he is very calm, and he is very mm-hmm. also his his tape is so bad. Is it? Yeah. There's somebody on set who can cut that off. There's somebody <laughs> there. He chooses to look like that. But anyway, <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, like when you see him with the other scrolls, with the scroll council specifically, there is a fear of him, but there's also mm-hmm. an understanding between them that this is the way it has to be. Mm-hmm. The scrolls that ain't got no power and no money don't feel like that. That is not right. what they echo. They follow because he had power. So it would have been nice to see a bit more pushback from a bit more areas. Um, even though, you know, we did see somebody like, you know, eventually give up the ghost and have to get killed. You know, we right. did see like him take out a second, but yeah, a little bit more of not just people like siding with Talos, but could you imagine like, Talos having like a pamphlet or a manifesto or even like just a little symbol that he had and seeing those people who were stuck like in the shelter, somebody just has a little toy or somebody has a wristband that he had. Flashes of that, I think would have made it make more sense when everybody turned, but it did kind of seem to all happen abruptly and that's how you get your ass whooped. Yes, yes. I think think also if you get like flashbacks throughout, um, you can flesh out Gravik too because I feel like his rise has we didn't get to see it really. We don't like we just take that he's the leader because they told us he's the leader, but we don't really see like how does this man truly become the leader in the absence of Talos? You know why? How, when did people start listening to him? Why did they start listening to him? Um, you know, I, I think and they of course they have like twenty years of stuff that we just that just kind of happened off screen. We've seen like one or two flashbacks. But you could probably do something with that. And, uh, you know, that's just something I said last week was that the, I I would love to spend more time in this series, actually. Like, I'm not a we need to make it shorter. I would like to spend more time with the scrolls. I would like to know Thank their you. inner workings of just how things happen for them and how they built up to the like, you know what, man, ethnic fury, you know, because there's a story here that 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 and we'll, maybe we'll get it next week uh, with the finale. But there's got to be a story here of, as C brought up, uh, the betrayal that Gravik must have felt and the fact that Nick Fury kind of introduced them to like a level of kind of evil, you know, because if I'm going to make you do my dirty work and get this DNA, there's no way you look at me the same. Like, you're not looking at me like a hero anymore. You're looking at me like, okay, so you can be ruthless when you want to. When I want something, it might be my turn to be ruthless. 
and you might be collateral. Yeah. If anything, the time that they spent on the flashback scenes with Fury and Priscilla, I would argue, would have been better spent taking some time from that and putting that into graphic. Especially Mm -hmm. if you're trying to put him over as a big-time threat. And... Mm -hmm. Listen, he's shown that he's a threat because it's no it's no nonsense. He's just yeah. he's to it. He's to it. There's not a lot of time wasted in between him taking action on things. But I think to Rod's point and to your point Cam is like to see that stuff build and I think this speaks to the TV point earlier is with a with a more fleshed out story with like an eight episode thing. I I'd even go like if they really wanted to go into their bag, if they were really interested in telling that story, Though, I would say, like, in the mid-2010s, we were doing 13-episode series. And those, while the 22 regular sitcom joints are too long, I would say, for today, 13 kind of, like, hits that Mm -hmm. box. Because that's kind of, like, what Daredevil was. Daredevil... And I, I think you could spend time points. if you had 13, 8, 10, whatever, you could actually spend yeah. time with Priscilla. Like, I think you can flesh out the Priscilla storyline too. Like, I don't think it's a mm-hmm. you have to throw it away. It's just like if we're not gonna spend a lot of time there, then then you might as well throw it away. But if but if you take the time to give us like a, a like a like I said, a this is us for Nick Fury, you know, we get these flashbacks of like, <laughs> yo, when stuff was going on, like him and Priscilla held each other down and and so we just never saw it until now, but now that we're seeing it, like we get the, we understand why they shot just to the right of each other and not directly in each other's faces. We get it now because we we seen everything they've been through. But uh, yeah, I guess they they probably just didn't have time and they had to make a choice, so they picked you know the Priscilla flashbacks and probably not as many graphic. Yeah, I th- yeah, from a from a like just a structure standpoint, because. I mean, I think about Daredevil season three, and they they did one episode on Karen, Karen Page's story. You know the whole thing, yeah. and it's like, oh, you look at her story differently now, yeah. and it just allows you to see a fully fleshed out character. and And that's the thing about these six episode limits; it doesn't allow you to do that. Right. So everything is kind of like to this, to this, to this, to this, to this. And then the problem is with this series, they were trying to do to this, to this, <laughs> yeah. to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was some jazz, yeah. yeah. It was a little chopped and screwed, absolutely. <laughs> um, the only pushback that I could see, well, one pushback I could see, sure. As much as I love the MCU and I've watched every single thing, so much of it is built on. Boy, did my dad fail me! Like <laughs> so much of it is. Boy, did my dad fail me! Yeah. So maybe they were like, you know what? That's here. Maybe we need to avoid doing that again because mm. it's coming back up for somebody, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I think there could be some of that there. But but yeah, like again, I these are the type of things that I like, especially the spy espionage, because this is the stuff that needs that that weaving thread that really needs to to have these twists and turns. And like you said, we're getting a very abbreviated version of something that feels like it should be bigger. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and and to move to a character that you mentioned earlier, Cam and Gaia, Amelia Clark, we kind of see her start to do some some things in this episode. Um, one of the things that I don't understand is she has super scroll powers, yet 
she's using guns to take out these folks. And I'm like, yeah, what happened? You ain't get the you ain't get the to the to do list like Gravik did yet. I think she's like, tucking them because mm-hmm. let one of them dudes survive. Yeah, you know I'm saying let one of them dudes survive and run and tell Gravik like, yo, she she got trees coming out her hands, dog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> does she have? Well, I guess we're gonna see. I don't know if yeah, she I'm sure her and Gravik are gonna get it on in this next episode. I hope yeah, so. Man. It's, yeah, I, I but hey, but the, the, the gun stuff was so cool. They were doing it. Yo, it was so cool. Good action. Yeah, and it was I, good action. I, I it's not, it was nice them, to see. I appreciate them killing everybody because I feel like the whole thing with Gaia is she need to have the element of surprise. Like she need to pop up on Gravik. It like it don't need he don't need to see her coming like them boys that tried to uh to do that do that mutiny on the go like you like you got you got to just surprise him don't don't come with no words no speeches just just pop up on him and i think <laughs> she got the package to, to do it if she got that that full like super soldier package that she that that he has i would love to see her pop up in this final episode and literally honestly she the one that owned the get back. Like I know Nick Fury feel betrayed yeah. and everything, but he killed her daddy, man. She the one that's supposed to be on 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 you know whatever. So when she said uh, I'm gonna put on a good face, I took that as like a you know I'll be right back. A you know what I'm saying <laughs> like a like a oh y'all messing with the wrong one. I took it that way. So I hope that the next episode we get the full guy experience. Yeah, that part of it should be that should, part of it should be very intriguing. They ha- there's a decent back and forth between her and Priscilla. Uh, mm-hmm. Priscilla got a little upset about the whole. Did you? That was that. I actually liked that because it was one of the few times where you get a back and forth where another character's like, "Wait a minute, what are you talking about? We talking and, about and it's, and it's inner scroll politics. This is what I like. Yes. This is what I wanted to live in this whole series. This is so intriguing to me." She basically hit her with the like, "Are you a coon?" Like it, like low key. She she yes. checked her and, yeah. and she reacted. She reacted so black in this moment, but she was looking like, "What were you talking to like that?" That's your mind, your business, man. That was so <laughs> good. Said, and the generation difference. Yeah, I didn't she mean did. No, you actually did. Like, let's yeah. not play. Does he love you in your skin? Well, who you think you talking to? Yeah, <laughs> Man, that oh, that was scary. so good, man! And then they got like a that really cool great, action man. scene and everything too. But like, this is honestly, dog, this was like my favorite scene with Priscilla. And it's not just because of the fighting, but like I loved her explaining the marriage, her ideology about being a scroll, that whole thing about like I'm not leaving my house because I made so much happiness here, and also this is where the guns at. Real. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like I love that stuff, man. Yeah. So. I wish we got it earlier, but I'm I'm gonna take it right now because you know I, I I don't Priscilla's a character I don't want to be like a, a flash in the pan or just goodbye or just a like well she served her purpose for this series and that's it I, I would love to see Priscilla other places or just to know that she's around in this world and Nick Fury actually has a life outside of the Avengers. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, Cam, what did you think of not only that exchange but kind of what we've now been getting from Gaia because even though they haven't written her that way I do feel like they intend to use her beyond this series so <laughs> yeah. so what have you thought about that and, and maybe now that it seems like she's actually springing into action maybe that changes some things I think with her you know you, you 
just by her intonations and, and and the look she was given, you had to feel like, oh, she's with she's with them other people, right? Like she she's with the other side. Um, I, I think that you get to see maturation in that her whole purpose was to infiltrate and listen, but not to, and to learn, but not to try to understand. And so you get her in this episode, like not only having a conversation with an older scroll, not only defending an older scroll to the death, but also relying on them to properly bury your parent. You know what I mean? To yeah. really go through, you know, when, when you look at it, it's really childhood to adulthood to old age that we got to see her experience in a day. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, I love the the authenticity of, we get so many action movies where I have guns hidden everywhere. No, we have two Jan sports full of guns. <laughs> Take one, we gonna light these boys up. I love it. I think it's great. But like you said, um, don't hire that actress for six episodes, you know, that is, that's who you throw in there with the Marvels as, mm-hmm. you know, make it a team of four. Um, even if she's at a, at a different capacity, that's yeah. who you put on screen, like with these other superpowers, because she's one of those now. And so, yeah, yeah right. I, 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 we're going to see more. I feel like, I hope we see more. And also I, I hope we get to see her not in the context of a spy during war, but, but, get to really be her own character. I think that's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Just really quick, Ron, I'm sorry. Um, like, whereas I talk about fleshing out relationships mm-hmm. in action movies and specifically like dramas about like spies and relationships in general, it's always watch this lie affect our relationship and make the twists and turns. But with Fury and his wife, you know, it was built on a lie. And so we got to see like emotionally how they change and then him have to answer honest questions about would he be with her if this was the way she looked and like that's something fresh that we haven't seen. And that's been one of the highlights of it, watching them play off of each other, even if it's been kind of in a limited space. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say real quick too, that funeral scene was so dope because the way that she didn't know the traditional like words and stuff like that was so cool to have that moment of like once again enter like political movements and stuff with the scrolls i want to see those moments of um because they really have nailed that the generational divide they have nailed that part where guy is the young one who kind of is almost like nakia was in black panther where she sees this like hybrid like look we should be able to live in our own skin we should also be able to live on earth we shouldn't have to like kill everybody and take everything over. You got Gravik, of course, is just like, man, we can let them all die. We'll inherit the planet. Talos, who <laughs> even though Talos would like to live in his skin, it, he, you know, he's an older gen person who's been living in a human form his whole, basically his whole existence on Earth. And he's like, if this is what we got to do to assimilate, we just need to assimilate. And so like okay. those politics, mm-hmm. th- that's in those politics exist in every country yeah every time we're talking about immigration every, like that that stuff i i want to live there because that that to me gives the marvel universe politics that um not just mirror our own but like um <clears throat> that that inform the characters on the screen and uh, i think first when they were trying to do this whole like russia versus america versus like what it was it was getting murk murky 
You know what I mean? Like it was getting kind of murky. Where it's like, oh, what are the politics of the Marvel universe? This, this I do understand, and I, 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 I just cannot gush over like the scenes with, um, with with, with uh, Var. I mean, with um, uh, Priscilla and and Gaia this week enough. I I love this stuff. Yes, yes, it was great stuff. Great stuff there, and another highlight of this episode: uh, Olivia Coleman, aka Sonya Fallsworth. In this episode, it felt like she got more done than Nick Fury has in the series in a lot of ways. Boy, she got right to it. And she was adding them lines. Just the efficiency was just off the charts. Uh, Rod, just what? Just tell me. like yeah. When you see her just doing what she's doing and just do, doing it with a smile on her face, just cheery, cheery yeah. and all that stuff, how did that come across to you? Because I, I just oh, enjoyed man. the hell out of it. Olivia Coleman is her in this episode, in this series. Like, you could actually feel last week when she wasn't in it you could kind of it's like you could feel the show slow down because that's the other mm-hmm. thing the way they've written her character she's basically an accelerator like she is the like gas that when you push the pedal in the car because she don't play every scene is like i need to get something done in the fastest most efficient way possible if i gotta shoot you if i gotta cut your finger off whatever it is i ain't got time for all that i i, I told y'all it was funny Last week when Fury calls her and she immediately sends the information. There's not like a trick or like a, okay, go to this person and do, she's like, it's on your phone. Go ahead and uh, get them people. I love that stuff. Um, And then she had probably the funniest bar of the whole episode with the um, uh, men, uh, the men of my species are like that too. Uh, And and I took a shot at all the relationship podcast. I was just like, oh man, (laughs) God, what a line, what a delivery. I, I love her. She's amazing. She did not miss a beat. Cam, tell me what you thought about Sonya this week because she was off yeah, the chart. That man's forehead, neither. Oh, <laughs> she was like again. There's an efficiency to her. Like we really saw it come out uh, when she had my man in the meat locker, and even before she starts interrogating, yo, what's the what's the exit? Like she mm-hmm. she got her plan set up even before she starts getting crazy. Yo, she got, she's British. She got about 16% more mouth than the rest of the world. And it's that little bit of extra gum, that little bit of extra teeth that makes everything she does matter so much. Like when she smiles, it's going down every yeah. single time. My man said, I'm not going to let you let her get back to grab it. Cool. Shot my man in his head. And it's little girl like, hey, listen, you, you see you see how I get down. What you going to do? You going to give it up? <laughs> and she it right up. Like again. Ain't no time for games, man. Somebody's gonna give it up. I like again, like I need. I know Julia Louis Dreyfus is going to kill it. I know she's gonna kill it. Yes. Man, I'd love oh, get them two together. What? Running this show. Give her Captain Britain, give her Nightcrawler, bring in Psylocke, bring in somebody. I want to see her mm. do some damage. Genuinely. I, yeah, she doesn't feel like somebody that should be a one-off to me. Like that's somebody that you bring back and you use because the just the ability and honestly just kind of like the presence the screen presence is also something else like like you could tell like she's just lifting she's just lifting the energy in in, um every scene that she's in like even the stuff with fury like it's just there's a little extra kick to it which is really cool um one of the other things that we saw was we saw a cameo from a homie from black widow rick mason uh, showed up to to help Fury out, so that was a nice little nice little callback to then um, mm-hmm. Fury Fury being grumpy. Hashtag watch the gender wanted to take a nap. 
looking like he was just like exhausted. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the fact that they don't have Nick Fury just out here going from place to place, fighting people and and dealing with people without after the after the whole events occur is that he needs to take a break because mm, I like Tommy and Power. Have you seen the, the season of Power with just Tommy running around oh, Chicago? Talking about a uh, Power Force, yeah, yeah. I seen I seen he Power just, Force. He just uh, fast travels everywhere. He is <laughs> everywhere in the city at once. He don't go to sleep. He don't <laughs> he eat. Don't. He gonna drink a little bit. He gonna find a black chick to have sex with. And he gonna shoot yes. somebody <laughs> in like the course of an hour every episode. Every episode, yeah. you write about that though. <laughs> it is nice to see Nick Fury really have to like, and you know they gave him his plane from uh from Agents of Shield. You know, yes. So, like so, he's he's out here moving the way he's supposed to move. But yeah, like and it's again bringing back like a small comedy character who made something like Black Widow so. It's, it was really yeah. Cool. I did it. I, I appreciated that. Um, when we were watching, I was, I was like, "Oh, that's dude from Black Widow." And my wife's like, "Who?" I was like, "Oh yeah, you don't remember him?" And I, like, I, I did appreciate the little touches, and especially with them trying to do like armor wars. Um, obviously, uh, uh, the the stuff with uh the White Widow coming back. Like, I feel like that character might start getting some run in these MCU shows. So that's like a Ooh, good. Yeah through line to bring back absolutely yeah he should yeah he should get to definitely get some more run and the episode closes with a fury meeting with sonya after mm-hmm. some uh black widow wizardry with that mask getting into the plane it was pretty cool and so then we get we get sonya and fury kind of going back and forth and then that's when fury gives up the goods on the whole harvest thing as graphic wants him to him to meet to give up the harvest and this is where we are. We are now. Fury gets to puts the 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 new patch on. He got the leather coat. He's he's put all all the new threads. Got the new gun. Everything. He's ready to go, and he also is bringing the vial of Avengers Jungle Juice. So we will see. We will see what happens next week on the finale. Uh, Cam, what is there anything in particular? that you'd like to see next week? If, if there was one thing that you want to see happen next week, what what would it be? I want to see something in that vial from somebody we haven't seen yet. Mm. Like, oh. that's what I want to see. Like, how we got, you know, the, the small Whitney Houston riff of X-Men music in Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. I just need a little bit. I just, I don't even know who. I just need a little bit. Just, just, just I'm very intrigued. Adamantium bones in there, like do something, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, because you know, I, I feel like you know this thing is finite. This thing has an end. I feel like Gravic can't win in order for everybody to prosper, right? We got to get Rody exposed. Uh, maybe they find you know Rody stuck in carbonite somewhere. But in that vial, like I just want something from somebody we haven't seen to make me speculate and realize I have to stay alive for another three years to figure out what happened. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I, I I I like that. I like that. I want to see. I want to see like whatever the whatever the vial has. Like you mentioned, Carol Danvers, and that's interesting on its own because what happens if somebody gets that? But anybody else on the field, that's that's interesting too. Um, Rod, how about you? What's one thing that that would kind of make you feel really good about how this show uh, lands the bird? I mean, they have a lot of stuff they can do next week. I think they have a lot to do next week. Honestly, like. Mm-hmm. Just- uh, Cam just named like three things 
like, I definitely want to know when Rodri was replaced. I think that matters a lot. <laughs> that's a big, that's a, probably <laughs> might be the number one thing for me. Yeah, I, I hope we get that, that next week. Um, I really think, though, more than anything, we need a Gravic versus Gaia, like, knockdown, drag out, and we need, yeah, we need a like, throwdown. Yeah, and we need him to give his, like, villain speech. Like, I just, I, I think the villain speech is what makes villains iconic. He not already showed us he could do the heavy work, beating people's ass. Like, he done whooped there. Mm-hmm. He, done, he done whooped up on a lot of people. He killed Talos. Like, sure. buddy, Buddy's building a villain resume. I'd love for them not to kill him, too. Like, I, I'd like this guy to be I'm around. glad you said that. You. So, yes. I, I want to see you how they can right? Yeah. I want to see a world where we got a super scroll that's bad and he can be anybody. Um, and he just out here causing chaos in the MCU. I would love that. Uh, I don't care if they lock him up or whatever. You know, they can always break him out. Something. Yeah, put him and throw him in the raft. And, yeah, throw him in the yeah, raft. We'll yeah. break him out when we need a new plot for something. But yeah, so that's really what I want to see. I want to see Gravit get his like his heavy lifting so he can uh, he can he can chew some scenery up. Yes, yes, yeah. P- putting over, yeah, putting over a character like Gravik, I do think is important in next week's episode. Please don't kill him. I don't think that's yeah. something that they should do. I really am keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that they don't because you could get a lot of use um, off of somebody like that. And like I said, I think the one thing for me, and I, I agree with both of your points, those are very important points. The Rhodey Scrawl thing, I want to know when because I think that's just like. Because if we're talking, if they say that this is before Endgame or something like that, this changes the whole scenario of yeah. a lot of stuff. So it, it, it's going to make people feel a way. So I'm intrigued to see when exactly. Because it's like, I think of the, that brief Falcon and the Winter Soldier appearance that Rhodey had with, with Sam. And I mean, I wouldn't have thought that at the time or something like that. It's just like, you, like you, you, to you me. wonder... <laughs> yeah if they had him uh walk outside during the party at avengers tower in age of ultron what if he walked mm. outside to the balcony and they snatched him off the balcony and replaced him way back then Duh. man like, like the fascinating <laughs> thing about roadie is like from what i understand and then you guys are smarter than me so you'll know better but like roadie is not in um mark 25 tied to my DNA. He's mm-hmm. in a mobile tank that you just right. got to hit on, know how to move around. Correct. So he could have been War Machine at any point, you know, yeah. whenever. He could have caught him going to the dressing room one time. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah. That, that is that is absolutely the biggest. I just question. think it matters a lot because, like, when you see him crying over Tony's grave, I need to know that was him and not a scroll. Like, that just seems a bit. It loses something if I'm just like that wasn't even him. Like, like I just want to see. I just want to know when they think it's interesting to insert this scroll in this thing because uh, they've been here for twenty some years. In the bathroom uh, during the New Year's party when Ludacris peed on his tape. Could be. Could be. It could be. It could be after it was. Uh, after. It could be out there. It used to be our boy, uh, you know. Next time, baby, it could be him. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like we yeah. replaced him in Hustle and Flow. What if they got him when they got Lucius on Empire? Like I would. Oh, yeah, that's be a hell of an explanation. 
be a hell of an explanation. <laughs> that that would be that would be awesome if episode six they open up the tank and he's he's what has Tony man? He's like, oh man, what happened? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> oh my god, no man, like it really makes you wonder because like if they really did that before that would be kind of crazy it would like, be the really... thing that ever happened in the mcu honest to god it would break honestly it would redeem everything that people have had to say bad about mcu anything is if somehow terrence howard is just back <laughs> <laughs> Retired from acting, right back in the MCU. Oh my got god! Got his check back that he gave up after Iron Man. I, it it oh would be so god. good. I honestly wouldn't even argue with people that hated it. That's how good it would be for me. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't care that you didn't like it. It just don't matter. It don't make sense to you. Fine. It don't make sense. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I, I really do love it. Oh man, that would be so good. Oh, if it happened. Oh jeez, I think. <laughs> to try and to try and make it uh, try and make it a little a little yeah. serious on the the actual actuality of it mm-hmm. i think that yes rod i do say that it would change things if it was before endgame and that scene ha- takes on a completely yeah. different outlook but i do think the building of an armor war story off of Rhodey coming in from the coal Mm-hmm. Not knowing that his best friend died, not only not only knowing that his best friend's tech got stolen, that's that could that could kind of bring you back in a world that he doesn't understand yeah. anymore because of everything that's happened. People got snapped away and all that other shit. Uh, you know, he was kind of uh, that you can build something off of. It looked like Carol Danvers was kind of feeling him in that one scene too, though. So like. Is that scroll roadie I mean, or roadie roadie? You know what I'm saying? Like I need that to be roadie roadie. You know, <laughs> so he, I hate the. I, I hate. Mean, you the, think she fell for? She th- she fell for the sassy. She. Fell I hope for the not, man. I hope I hope my man uh roadie, roadie gonna have his work cut out for him because you know he ain't that sassy. So if that's who Carol <laughs> fell for, he he, really he in trouble. He need a little salt and pepper, man. Yeah, a little salt and pepper. A little salt and pepper wouldn't hurt, you know? <laughs> oh, guys, secret invasion, secret invasion. We'll see what happens in the on the season finale next week. We're looking forward to it. We'll see what happens there. While I still have you guys for a few extra minutes, mm-hmm. I mentioned Justified City Primeval before. Rod, I've seen your tweets about it. And All the way it, caught it up. Delighted it. It, it, has, it has delighted me. What what has your journey been like watching this? Because I will say this personally for me, just I followed that show since it was on. So to see that it was coming back and seeing Raylan Givens, an iconic character, come back to the TV screen has been great. And obviously, Rod, seeing everything that you've posted about it, what have your what are your thoughts on Justified? You gotta you gotta give me everything you got because I, I love this show. Okay, so <clears throat> I watched all six seasons on Hulu this summer, like the last month or so, because um, I uh, I'm a fan I'm a fan of uh, of Timothy Oliphant, but I just it's, it's that thing where like I found out about Justified too late and it was just like oh, I guess I'll never catch up. But City Primeval, I saw like a uh, a ad for it, and I said, "What if I catch up before this show drops, and I can like watch it with everyone else?" It looks like it's right up my alley of the stuff I like. So 
um yeah the stuff i like about it uh honestly uh the justified before we get to primeval is just <laughs> the amount of redneck white people that are mm. just getting shot every week it's just amazing tv it ain't got nothing to do with us i love when they add the black characters and almost every black character in town is on some my name is bennett i ain't in it that's that's some white <laughs> folks drama uh we'll launder the money for you so like we'll make a profit from y'all's right. crimes but if you talking about going to prison for y'all or shooting out with y'all we ain't doing all that so stop coming up here and making making mess um so that's the thing i, I really love about it and i just love me a railing givens speech before he's about to like put a hole in you or even when he like doesn't put a hole in you but he just wants to let you know i really want to put a hole in you so uh please keep messing around so i'm justified to shoot you you know so that and of course <clears throat> the great walton goggins uh oh yeah this Loki, one of the greatest actors of all time in my opinion i a yes. dude that really doesn't miss he's is i've never seen something he was in where if it was if something wasn't good about it it was his fault like i'm just, like it's like he's never part of the problem he's always part of the solution <laughs> it's like a he's like a, a a great he's like a, a like a dennis Rodman situation or something where you're just like we just need somebody to get some rebounds and and do their job and so uh yeah he's amazing in that um and justified and um um and everything else so like he, him being such a big part of that show was another huge like positive for me um so yeah I, I i love the show and uh this this city primeval getting to this it's only eight episodes i believe and i just love how they hit the ground yeah. like they just did not they weren't gonna slow build waste nothing. any time like every scene just added to something that needed to happen um and so yeah I, i'm i'm all the way in for this man no it's 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 awesome stuff and and cam yourself um as somebody I'm sure who watched the show um, back in its inception, I, I just think about like Rod mentioned the rednecks. I mean, I think of the Bennett family in season two, uh, Mags. Uh, man, you'll never leave Harlan alive as it plays to close the season there. Um, Robert Quarles, <laughs> Limehouse. Like, man, so many different characters and even guest stars. We had the Wood Brothers show up for, for an episode. <laughs> It was just like a lot of, just a lot of really great stuff built Chadwick around. Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman's in the episode. Like I, oh, like, right. Yes. Yeah. Like they, man, they, I mean, they got some good character actors, some good just actor actors and stuff, man. Like it's a really good show, man. And then it's also funny, you know, like, yes. like, oh, like characters like Dickie Bennett and stuff where you just like laughing at how ridiculous they Dewey are. Yeah. Dewey yeah, Crow. Dewey Crow. Oh, another great ridiculous character. So like. It's got dark humor, but it's so funny, man. Yeah, but but yeah, Cam, go ahead, man. Give us it what is, you got um, on Justin. Yeah, Walton Goggins is my favorite actor. He's, he, I think he's just the best, just like you said. I think he's incredible. Hasn't missed. Um, I, I was actually tweeting a couple of days ago, like, Justified, Rice's Gemstones, Beverly Hillbillies. Like, there is something about white trash with either delusions of grandeur or who actually achieved grandeur. It's just such a fascinating way to write television because it feels like somebody you know doing things that are absolutely ridiculous. But depending on where you're from in this country, like, no, I know somebody like that. I know somebody who would pull up just like that if the situation was right. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm Southern Maryland kid. So I grew up my granddaddy sitting in the living room watching westerns all the time. And so this is an extension of that, you know, set in, you know, our current time period and just um, you know, we dug coal together. And so, yeah. you know, what a scene. man, it, it was just um the way that and, and of course, like as we're talking, I'm forgetting Walton Goggins' character name, like one of my favorite characters of all time, of course. Um, so Boyd and, and Raylan just having a respect for each other, but also absolutely existing on opposite sides of the fence. The way Boyd Crowder just navigated the world was amazing. Um yes. so to see, and then like, you know, you know. To Winona and the episode where Winona steals the money to bail Gary out. Oh my it's one God. of the best things I've ever seen shot in, in a way that, like, you know, Raylan is getting pulled all these different directions but wants to save his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's so good. Um, you know, to see now, you know, their kid come to fruition and her being so much like Raylan and just, you know, she's going to do everything wrong because she's from a situation where her dad did everything wrong every single time, but being good looking and being charming and having, you know, the fastest gun in the Southeast got him out of so many problems. Um, <laughs> yeah. I also like, like, of course we talk about like the genius of all these actors, the greatest character actor maybe ever Keith David. Yes. Who you open the show with hmm. and being full, like not being Goliath Keith David, but being, uh, What's my movie where Marlon Wayans loses his arm? Um, the the drug movie with Jared Leto. Oh, oh what's that? Um, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem yeah. for a Dream, the the actual scariest movie of all time. Kids, horror movies are not scary. Requiem for a Dream is what's scary. That's what you want to avoid. <laughs> they should show that in there. But no, um, we get that Keith David, nasty old man, yes, um, in a position of power. Um, and there's nothing you can tell him. And then in perfect justified fashion, his downfall is not a hit put out on him, not spoilers, but his downfall is literally situational and character driven in perfect justified fashion. And you, you like the thing about Walton Goggins was like, he's so charming. You know, he has to eventually get caught, but you, you almost don't want him to. Now we got a guy. We absolutely want Raylan to catch. Yes. Like we got a guy we want to see him bring down, but just like justified exists in such a cool space because it's about like the modern world. Like if you look at the first couple of seasons of that show, like weed is the worst thing on the planet. And they want people away for weed. And so watching it now, it's just like, that's just how people are rocking, right? We're just selling weed. We're just out here selling weed. But now, like, Raylan is, like, he's literally concrete cowboy in a world that doesn't bow to him. Like, people got off because of race relations in America today, right now, in Detroit. Raylan looks funny. So this is going to be fun. My man going crazy over the (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A. But now we know, like, the lawyer is playing into a situation with, like, the main guy in this flash. Oh, this is going to be fun. How I see Unk from Snowfall uh, up in there for a hot second. What? I'm in Jerome. No curl. No curl. curl. Oh, my God. Yeah, and Ajanu Ellis is in this, who's also just an amazing actress. Um, And I think uh, we might get Raylan finally um, sleeping with a black person. I, I felt like in the preview for, like, 
coming up on Justified City Primeval, there's a scene where I was like, the way they looking at each other, okay, Raylan. I, I, I'm not saying I thought Raylan. Yeah, I'm not saying I thought Raylan was racist, but I thought maybe he was operating on that John Mayer, and it's good to see, you know, the homie ain't. He might not be on that. We we need we need a one episode flashback of how he was giving it up in Miami because I know he was down there. Acting. I know he was, he was dog. Like, cause th- that was the only thing. Like, I get that the it's probably Slim Pickens in uh, in Harlan County. You know what I'm saying? So I get, yeah. So we you know it's like I we don't really have any evidence that this man got a type, but I'm just saying it's like he seemed like he might have a type. But uh, yeah, if he uh, he smashed Andre New, I'm gonna have to be like Raylan. I, you know, uh, what what did Shaq say? Uh, I uh, I wasn't. I apologize. I wasn't aware of your game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though. I thought I thought Ava was bad. I thought Ava was bad. Oh like, no, they yeah, man. I'm not bad. even saying the chicks weren't bad. It just he had a type. That's all. Of course, was, I, I felt like it just was, had. The, yeah, I felt like it, it was here Efner up in there. If you know what I'm bad, saying? Yeah. You know, he Efner like him off of assembly line, and he worked with a bad <laughs> chick every day. Like he worked, and she called him right. cute one episode. I said maybe he bought it, but they didn't do it. So I felt like yeah, you know, this is yeah, change. Yeah, even his co-workers, man. We had yeah. we had uh, art. Yeah, oh yeah. man. So many, so many good moments in that show. And yeah. it was and it was like really like good TV. Like he had the he had the all the side missions going on. Like I think a a, a dude had a bomb strapped to him or something at some point. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, he's also railing like the the twenty foot rule. Oh yeah. The twenty foot rule. Such a yeah, such, that, such that a dude. Movie. He tried to make that money off of like a bounty one time you know ends up his old colleagues get killed behind that but like yeah he always had like a, <laughs> a angle on something going on in the background of that show and uh yeah that's what makes him such an interesting character and oh just like God. in the mcu his daddy failed him <laughs> like like oh no, my gosh one of the best things about that is uh is arlo just being a piece of garbage till the yes. very end like, like yes. you, that's what makes like stuff like this good. It's not about redemption; it's about existing. Um, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's so good. Yeah, it's yes. so good. It's it, it's it's great for it to be back. Um, I may have to just do something separately on this when the season ends. Um, I, I I would love to talk about this show. I could talk about this show all day. It's just it's just wonderful stuff. But I want to thank my guests this evening, both Cam and Rod, for joining me. Uh, Cam, tell us where we can find your work. Where can we follow you? What are you up to? You're interviewing all the wrestlers and all the grapplers out here. You're doing big things. Um, so, of course, on the socials, it's uh, Seahawks, C-E-E-H-A-W-K, um, particularly Instagram and Twitter and Spill and Threads. And <laughs> it's too much now. Um, but specifically... Um, uh, the ringer.com is where you can find most of my work um, covering the world of pro wrestling. A very interesting time in the next week or so. Um, the Great American Bash, um, an NXT pay-per-view now. Something that existed way, way back since like 1984 before I was born. Dusty Rhodes put on the first one. And so um, in the next, I'm shooting for something next week. I think it's going to be the first time I put out two separate articles about the same show in a week. Um, plan on covering kind of the history of Great American Bash um, from WCW days to 
WWE days now to the NXT brand specifically. They will actually be live in Austin, Texas. So maybe, just maybe, mm. might see me um, doing stuff is all I can say for the time being. Um, but yeah, working on that. Um, TheRinger.com, Fightful.com is where you can find most of my words. Uh, yeah, it's going to be wrestling heavy here through the end of the year because we got some really cool stuff coming up. Listen, uh, just briefly as I could say it, um, wrestling right now is, it's hot. It's hot. I went to SmackDown a couple of weeks ago at, at MSG. Yeah. Um, that Bloodline segment was just theater of the highest order. We just, were, um, as I get on my, my name dropping, yes. assemble line, because I just keep going and going. Of course, <laughs> me and the homies um, host Wale Mania every year. Uh, biggest party WrestleMania weekend, Wale mm-hmm. being a huge wrestling fan. Uh, the guest of honor this last year in April was uh, Trinity Fatu, a.k.a. Naomi. Salute, um, yes. Multiple time women's champion, the current Impact women's champion. Of course, the wife of Jimmy Uso, one half of the greatest tag team in WWE history, the Usos, one half of the bloodline with, of course, themselves, uh, their little brother Solo Sokoa, and their older cousin, the WWE undisputed champion mm-hmm. of the world. The tribal chief. Tribal (laughs) chief, indeed. Um, And, of course, as we're hosting Wally Mania, we're in the green room. I'm trying to sneak uh, their mom cigarettes because I'm a terrible person. But as we're doing (laughs) this and drinking champagne, I tell Jay Uso to his face, we are going to tell this story, me and you. So um, that is, like, the long-term thing. Hopefully, by the end of the year, we really get to sit down and chop up not only his career but these last three years because it's been one of the most amazing runs any group has been on yes um, ever so yeah it's hot right now absolutely now it it is and and you're doing great work man keep it up and appreciate you for joining us this evening and and rod of course rod i ain't ain't kicking you out man like i'm just not gonna do it I, I, I just can't do it like stay you can stay at the crib as long as you feel like it man i appreciate it man you want you you're one of the homies. Um, thank you for joining us again. Tell us where we can find your work and, yeah, and follow uh, you and all that good stuff. The Black Guy with Tips is a podcast, a comedy show I do with my wife five days a week. Uh, uh, then, uh, of course, uh, if you got HBO Max or Max, you know you can stream Game Theory. Uh, season one, season two are on there. And I'm working on a podcast now called Draped Domaniacs, uh, History Unshackled or Unshackled History uh, with Michael Harriet. And we're talking about black history in an educational way, but in, if you know me, a funny way. So uh, mm-hmm. if you want to like get some laughs, but also come away learning some stuff uh, about some uh, some black people that wanted to be free and fought for their freedom way back in the day in different ways, uh, I, I recommend you check out that podcast. Can't think of two two brothers that I, I would want to spend more time with than you guys. You, this has been so much fun. You can follow me on Twitter at AnthonyCanton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod on basically all platforms that we have. And, of course, we have the YouTube channel. You can start checking that out as we kind of try and build that out. And, of course, we have the Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod, where you get our latest content, latest bonus content. My brother and I, um, we took our our offline basketball conversations online and talked about the NBA offseason because a lot of different things happened with the CBA and this ongoing Damian Lillard situation, Joel Embiid, James Harden. It's a whole, it's a whole, as usual, the, the NBA knows nothing better than drama. 
So uh, my brother and I talked about that. It was a lot of fun. You can get that and you can get subscriber mailbag, all those things. And of course, make sure you five star review the podcast. Five star, five star, five star on Apple, Spotify, all them, all them things. And for Cam and for Rod, I'm Anthony Kantz on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>